All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast. Part of the 247 Sports Network and always with Inside the Rebels. Hope you guys are having a good day today, enjoying your morning. What is today? What national day are you enjoying today? Here you go. How about this? How about some national night out day? Nothing wrong with that. Maybe uh, it's National Coloring Book Day. I'm doubting that's really going to do much for any of you guys. It's also National Ice Cream Sandwich Day, if that floats your boat. Who doesn't like a good ice cream sandwich? It's National Night Night Out Day, though. Nothing wrong with that. Um, This is Tuesday, August the 2nd, and we are on the eve of football practice underway. So there's a lot of things we we have to get to today. Uh, We need to get to tomorrow, you know, practice and what's happening on the field. Big recruiting weekend that just happened. I want to knock out some of that and maybe give you guys a little bit of background on some of the weekend and, uh, you know, how numbers are shaping up and those kinds of things. So, um, and look, and there's, there's still more to be done there. Um, They don't have everybody that's committed that they expect will commit. And uh, we can knock some of that out. But before we do anything further, I I do want to send condolences out to the the Brandon community. You guys probably saw this on the board. They had a a player pass away yesterday at practice. And um, that's just, that's beyond awful. You know, as a parent of three boys, I, I cannot imagine getting that phone call. And, uh, man, I hated getting that news yesterday. Don't know everything that happened there, and not that that's real important right now, um, but I hated that for, for the people of Brent. And any of you that are you know part of that and, and you're in this area, you know those players and, and those coaches, uh, that's an awful deal. So certainly thoughts and prayers with the, the Brandon High School football program and just the high school in general and those kids and those families over there. Um, but no good way to segue from that. Just wanted them to know we were thinking about them. Let me recap first the weekend and what all went into it. Um, a couple of things you guys should know this, you know, if I'm getting information about what's going on with Ole Miss recruiting, I am skeptical, you know, when I get it, not that the, the news is, is not accurate because uh, I actually believe that it is. And I know I talk to good people as far as knowing what's going on, but you know, things change and you know, part of my job and you know what David does, whenever you predict things or you say something's happening, you know, the, just the nature of the beast here, you know, an hour later, it could be completely different. And I'm, I'm cognizant of that. So I try not to lead you guys on, but I still have to say what I'm hearing when I'm hearing it. And if it changes, it changes. But you know, during the week I'd put up a story that um, I put up a story that Ole Miss was expecting commitments from. I put up a story, who will commit next? You know, enlisted four guys. Basically, I was hearing at the time, hey, Ole Miss is probably going to get these four commits. But I'm not going to write it like that for one. You don't want to ruin it for the players. And then secondly, like I said, yeah, things change. Uh, Of course they change. But I was hearing a lot of positive about those four guys. It was Caden Lee, Aiden Williams, 
and then Jamarius Brown. And um, uh, who else was it off the top of my head here? I'm going to lose somebody. Neo Avery. When Neo Avery pulled the trigger, and uh, so did Jamarius Brown. Aiden, Aiden hasn't yet. And um, I think Caden Lee did. Or no, he will end of the week. I expect that's the way that's going to go. But, you know, things change. Things change, especially these days, you know, with, with free agency and with the NIL. And, you know, you need to follow this more like you would be following a pro team. Not that that is just an incredible change from the past. That stuff has always happened. It's just you kind of couched it. And, you know, for instance, if you're following recruiting the last 10 years, 20 years, midnight the day before signing day, a kid is not sitting there torn over where he's going because Coach A over here and Coach B over here are just doing a tug of war with his emotional feeling. This is It's always been the case. Um, but coverage is such that you can't just come out and say, hey, the kid's he's considering an offer over here. He's considering an offer over here. And, you know, we'll see which which offer gets better. And the offers are changing throughout the day as he swings back and forth, you know, emotionally. You know, some of this is just it's so dumb to follow. You know, if you really took that stuff literal, you can't. You have to read between the lines on so much of this. With NIL, it's, it's helped make that a lot easier. So these guys are looking at opportunities that they have out there. And uh, as they're looking at them, constantly new opportunities are being presented. Uh, but I do still feel like Ole Miss is in good shape for Aiden Williams and with Caden Lee. And look, as far as the Mississippi part of this is concerned, they're not taking a ton in state. Jamarius Brown is a big deal. Um, they believe that they have a good shot to sign the top three kids in Mississippi with uh, Sunterine Perkins, who um, I can get into in just a second, with Jamarius Brown, and Aiden Williams is sitting there also. Now, you know, maybe Mississippi State has different evaluations for some kids they're taking with their coaches, and and that happens. And, of course, you know, fans are going to believe that their guys get it right. Um, it's usually somewhere in the middle. Ole Miss didn't evaluate Isaac Smith as high. So that's not somebody they've just gone after. Isaac could go out there this year and tear it up and on the field and then look back and say, you know what, we missed that. We better, we better do something and come back here and 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 take us take a shot at it. Uh, but the three guys that they had targeted were these three. Jamarius Brown's in the boat. I think they still have a great shot with Aiden Williams. We'll see how that unfolds. Um, I really my personal feeling is it'll be sooner than later what I'm hearing, but that could change. And then with Sunterine Perkins, Alabama put a full court press on him. And uh, and Ole Miss was able to kind of to beat that off. And I've I'm told the last week, last weekend, last few days has helped kind of secure him better and his commitment. And that that he was firm with Ole Miss and everything was good there. But like I keep saying, you know, things change. Um, he is an awesome kid. Awesome kid. You know, I hope people don't take this NIL stuff and then you apply it to a kid. Like, and this isn't just the thing with Sunterine, with Aiden, with Jamarius Brown, with any of these guys. If you're a top flight recruit these days, you're growing up thinking about this NIL stuff and knowing it's going to be there more than you ever have. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Love Oxford put something on the board about this, meeting Sunterine Perkins and his family. And yeah, everything I've heard about them, the interaction I've had with him has been terrific. And then when you talk to coaches there, 
literally had the story told to me, Hey, look, Chris, I, this, this isn't even an embellishment. You know, um, we had to tell him to stop putting the chairs up in the cafeteria after the pregame meals on Friday night, that someone else would do that because they had turned around and looked. And after everybody eating that kid's cleaning up the place, you know, it like type it. He is the type kid that is, you can build football teams around, you know what I mean? You know, he's unselfish. He does a lot of stuff at Raleigh now. Plays wide out, plays linebacker, plays running back, plays defensive end. He's he's everywhere and doesn't mind doing that. Um, but he'll be a battle till signing day. But right now, everything looks good there. And then as far as some other guys, you know, they pick up Neo Avery, who looks like on paper and on video, looks like that's a big-time pickup. Um, they have five four-star guys right now from high school. They only had six last year. So just kind of take that into consideration. Don't look at the rankings right now. It's going to change a lot. Remember, they shot up through the transfer portal recruiting season last year. I expect the same will happen this year. If the high school number goes higher to what I'm told, maybe as many as 15, 16, it just means they are attracting better players. It means that they're having success there. And if they strike out on some of these high school kids, they're not going to reach on somebody else. They'll just go into the transfer portal with maybe only 12 high school kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. But hopefully they hit the high school guys that they want and they come out of there with 15 or 16 that they really like and they really want in the program. And then that would mean they take fewer transfer guys. But just kind of that's where they are right now in general with recruiting. There will be a, a few more commits, I believe, before the season starts. You know, and if I put a number on it, I don't know exactly what that would be. They're at nine now, so maybe a dozen. If they started the season around that number, and I think you could see as many as maybe seven of those being four-star guys, so already ahead of how many four-star high school kids they locked up last year. So the recruiting part of this, I do think, is is going well in terms of on schedule. And then they will hit the portal hard, you know, after the season is over. All right, now something else. Tomorrow, practice gets underway. You know, I wanted to address this part of this. By and, and large, the topic everybody talks about is the quarterback battle. And yes, that is the big deal. There will be lots of conversation about other positions also, just with so many transfers and so many new guys being brought in here. On some level, it's almost... it's. It's a good thing in this sense. I used to be a, a a grad assistant basketball coach at Mississippi College, and they were Division three when I was the SID there, and uh, before SID was coaching for three years. And we always went really heavy on junior college players, and the, the way that works there is it's non-scholarship, so you're bringing in a lot of numbers, all right? So I'm familiar with bringing in lots of transfers, maybe like a dozen basketball transfers. And, and then you kind of weed it out as you go. But the good thing about bringing in that large a number is you haven't really singled out just a couple of transfer guys that are being implemented into the locker room. You have a completely new locker room. And uh, in a similar sense, I think that's going to happen with football. There's so many transfers. You can't really – there's not going to be one or two guys coming in that are rubbing you the wrong way if you're already an existing player. 
There's transfers everywhere, new players everywhere. So it's it's a case of everyone is fully aware we completely reset this roster this year. And if you want to play, everything is up for grabs. Now, during that process, you have to create chemistry. And I remember at MC where Mike Jones was the head coach and uh, we won a ton of games. But yeah, you're trying to develop chemistry and a locker room in a shorter time frame, which is problematic. And that's something to be watching for this year. There's going to be position battles everywhere. I mean, all over the field. The quarterback position, though, you know, I've seen this mentioned on the board by a few people. Look, everyone's free to have their opinion, and I'm not trying to correct you. But, um, and I'm not going to single people out, but like I saw a couple of references to Jackson Dart is going to be the starter because of big NIL deals. And yes, there is a lot of NIL there. And that is a good example going forward, not just for Ole Miss, but college football of players with large NIL deals. What if they do not start? Because that position is not promised to him. And I've seen some references to um, just, hey, what are you guys looking at? Saying that this is a competition. I guess just the Grove Bowl where neither guy statistically was great. Look, I'm not basing this off just one spring game. Spring games are what they are. I'm just telling you from practices and the word that you get out of there, that is going to be a quarterback battle. Um, And please, nobody take this as shots towards either player. But Jackson Dart's issues in the spring, yes, some of it is related to the the playbook and getting acclimated to that and being behind Luke Altmaier in that sense, trying to catch up with exactly what you're trying to accomplish and all those things. And yeah, your head swimming, that's something that's going to be thrown around a lot with him. Those weren't the only issues. He has to be more accurate with the football, you know, make better decisions. And yeah, can the fact that you're also learning a playbook and your head swimming affect those things? Of course it can. Yeah, of, of course it can. But at the same time, there are things that Jackson Dart has to get better at from what I'm hearing from the spring. And that should not even be shocking. It shouldn't even be surprising because that's a very young quarterback. That's a second-year guy. Luke Altmaier, same thing, second-year guy. But you guys know how recruiting is. When you get all excited about the process and are you going to sign somebody or not, commit somebody or not, and you get emotionally invested, for whatever reason, you know, fans tend to put those guys on a pedestal. And you kind of have to come down off of that. They brought in a big-time talent at quarterback in Jackson Dart. They had a very big talent at quarterback in Luke Altmaier. And go back and look at their recruiting rankings. They're almost identical coming out of high school. So I say all that to say this, that absolutely is a quarterback battle going into the year. And for my money, I'm not sure who it's going to be. I really do think it's 50-50, but I do think this, something you should be watching. I think the quarterback that is able to protect the football, make good decisions with the football, and go down that road, I think that guy will be the starter, whichever one of those two guys it is. The only way that's not the case, if you you can't be under center and just scared to throw the ball anywhere, I mean, barring that, the one that's able to protect the ball, be more accurate with the football, get it where it's supposed to be, because there's talent on that offense. Um, a quarterback doesn't have to tote this offense this year. There's talent at running back, at receiver, at tight end. 
whoever can get the ball where it's supposed to supposed to go, that's going to be your starter. And uh, that's going to be fun to, to follow here starting tomorrow. Quarterback battle. Who's it going to be? A lot of talent around whoever that is at running back, like I said, tight end, offensive line. This should be fun. All right, we'll probably knock another one of these out. Maybe Thursday, I think. Could be tomorrow. Might do one tomorrow. But with practice starting tomorrow, might give it another day. All right, look, you guys have a great day. Enjoy your Tuesday. Night out there. So go do something. This is Chris Brooks with the 247 Sports Network and uh, the Rebels 247 Podcast with Inside the Rebels. Talk to you guys later.